things the way that it should be If we are really going to see Homegrown is the way that it should be What's up, you wonderful home growers? I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube. And this week's podcast brought to you by Homegrown Cannabis Co. I'll be going over exactly how long growing marijuana indoors takes and tips for maximizing your cannabis yields indoors. So sit back, roll one up, or take that dab as we dive into some delicious cannabis conversation. Growing marijuana indoors and the time it takes depends on an enormous amount of variation and factors that are completely unique to every single individual grower. What do I mean? For instance, depending on the stress you put your plant through, the choices you make through your grow, the environment, and the numerous other factors, cannabis indoors can honestly take a very long time, or a pretty short amount of time. Let's break into some of these different factors that come into play. First and foremost, your genetics have a serious role to play in how quick you'll be harvesting or how long you'll be waiting. If you're seeking faster indoor crops, you'll want fast version photo periods or autoflowers. Now you don't want to just buy your seeds anywhere as these types of plants need to be stable for any solid results in shorter periods of time. So I always recommend heading over to www.homegrowncannabisco.com and checking out their premium cannabis seeds. The reason I preach genetics and just check them out so much is for one of the biggest reasons for getting faster harvest times indoors. Their strains are stable. That means you can stress train, top, fem, super crop, crop, Swayze, lollipop, or even Cushman train with zero issues. I've been able to transplant and essentially control my growth times with grow pot sizes and forcing stress on the plant. Now genetics alone don't make or break harvest times however, it's vital to have these essential building blocks to set yourself up for the harvest times you're seeking and that means quality genetics from the start. Once you've found your genetics, lighting has a pretty big play into how fast your plants will stay in every stage based on their development which light intensity or PAR output will determine that. If you haven't listened to our podcast episode on photosynthetic active radiation or PAR as well as which LED is for you definitely check those two out. Having quality light with a higher PAR output will allow your plants to develop more rapidly during all stages of growth. The very first step is germination and that can take up to five days for some growers. Check out our episode on how to germinate your seeds for higher success rates. After you germinate you then have to allow your girl to pop up and start the seedling phase. Seedling phase lasts until she's ready to be transplanted or for many autoflower growers who plant their girls in their final home it's considered their vegetative phase as well since you don't transplant after. So for photos or autoflowers whose cultivators choose to transplant it can take one to three weeks for seedling stage sometimes for given the strain or light potency. Now with more quality light you'll see the seedling stage start to be at that one week marker versus the three to four week marker. Next you'll be entering vegetative stage which for photo periods can be indefinite. What do I mean? Well for many cultivators who mother out their plants as long as you keep photo periods under a veg light cycle, offer proper water and feeding schedules, you can indefinitely keep them vegging. Growers use this to take clones of a strain they've grown that they have essentially pheno hunted and love that specific strain. For example, if you bought 10 regular Hindu Kush or even feminized granddaddy purple from Homegrown Cannabis Co, grew out let's say five and kept all of them in vegging stage, you would then take clones from them and you would start vegging out your clones after you've rooted them. Once you've rooted and vegged your clones, you'd then flip them into flower to check for any males if you were growing regulars. And if you were all feminized, you would then pheno hunt through the plants that you've grown for your favorite bud. Once you've picked based on flower, taste, and potency, you flower out the remaining plants except your one mother, and voila, you have your favorite Hindu Kush or Granddaddy Purple you can keep smoking for years to come. And that's how you can indefinitely keep a photo period vegging. However, most of the time, photo period cultivators indoors for vegging is about three to four weeks, sometimes longer depending on the training and the strain. Now for autoflowers, your veg time depends on a few factors, how much you stress the roots, how much you stress the actual plant itself, and how powerful of a light you have. If you work with autoflowers and do transplant 
plants, you can actually control your flower time a lot more. Depending on if you allow them to become root bound in a small pot, then transplant them to a slightly larger pot, this slightly shocks the roots enough to mimic hard substrate or roots hitting rocks, which starts ethylene production and forces them into flower. Or you can transplant before they get root bound, stopping ethylene and allowing them more growth time. Now these are two theories I'm currently working on that seem to be coming true every time I do it for either one. Stability and genetics is key when stressing an autoflower like this. For unstable autoflowers, this could hermaphrodite your plant. That's why I recommend homegrown cannabis coasts so highly. Now another factor would be how much you stress train depending on if you overstress the autoflower you can force ethylene to stop unintentionally or intentionally with a topper fim which can cause your plant to reveg for a week or more. Now if you don't do anything besides some low stress training and allow your girls just to grow, your general vegging time can be two to three weeks for autoflowers. Now flowering for autoflowers can differ for every single genetic as well as circumstances however generally expect three to four weeks for autoflowers to finish flowering. Roughly 60 to 80 days from seed to harvest or two to three months. Photo periods can take anywhere from four to 12 weeks depending on the strain. Fast version photo periods will flower faster as well as certain strains genetically will take longer to flower versus other strains. So photo periods from seed to harvest can be anywhere from three to six months and sometimes longer. Too many factors come into play with dialing in how long indoor growing actually takes but you as a grower can use many training techniques to dial in your preferred harvest times. The next factor will be a completely proper environment from temperature to humidity to your choice of grow medium and even nutrients. All of these factors will make or break your harvest time goals. Grow medium can be the root cause of many issues in cultivating cannabis, especially for novices. A lot of the time hydroponic setups get chosen for beginners seeking faster harvest with big yields. However, there are many learning curves as well as headaches for hydroponic for beginners. So having knowledge on which grow medium is best for you will help you have a hassle-free grow. Check out our soil versus hydro podcast episode. Now once you pick grow mediums, you'll want quality nutrients. Without quality nutrients, your girls are only going to be able to produce what her medium allows her to produce. Living soils work best if you don't want to spend money on entire nutrient lines. However, you'll still need some top feeding amendments such as earthworm castings, bone meal, and blood meal. For your girl to be dense, she needs proper nutrients, which also includes CO2. CO2 has a vital role in developing density within bud structure. It's best to amend some form of it, such as an exhale bag or some sort of slow release canister. After you've purchased everything you need for your girls, you'll want to make sure your environment is about 70 to 75 degree temperature and 45 to 55% relative humidity, 60% of the tops. Last thing that affects the time it takes cultivators to enjoy their lovely product will be the 7 to 14 day dry time and the entire curing process. Drying temperature should be 68 to 70 degree temps with roughly 45 to 55% relative humidity. Once your plant reaches that bend and snap feel without breaking, that's about 7 to 10 day marker generally, 14 days if you're in a humid place. You then can trim your girls and jar them. You want to have some sort of two-way humidity pack inside your jars like a Bovida or Integra pack. Along with that, you'll need to burp your jars two to three times a day for the first two to three weeks and after that, you'll move to once a day, every other day, backing off to once a week. Long cures are what many cultivators seek as six month cures are generally what's considered minimum. However, after two to four weeks, your bud will be ready for smoking depending on your preference. So all in all, from seed to cure, you cultivators will be looking at the ballpark of three to eight months depending on genetics, strain chosen, environmental factors, stress induction factors, type of lighting, and grow medium or nutrient choices. Cultivating cannabis and getting harvest times that meet your needs will depend on choices that you have to make as an educated grower. So be sure to check out our many episodes on different growing techniques, LED information, autoflower information, and so much more. Now sit back and relax as we take a quick break with the famous at NateHammer420 from Instagram. With the greatest selection of premium quality cannabis strains anywhere in the world, Homegrown Cannabis Co. is America's favorite seed bank. 
Homegrown stocks over 500 cannabis strains, including Autos, Fems, Regs, High CBD, THC, and CBG. Indicas, Sativas, Hybrids, Fast Versions. There is no finer weed than homegrown weed. Every last one of our seeds contains super stable genetics, lovingly crafted by the best breeders in the game. All of our seeds come with delivery and germination guarantees. And yes, that includes any free or promotional seeds too. We are the Homegrown Cannabis Co. And we are for you. Welcome back, you happy home growers. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. In this next segment, I'll be giving you our tips for growing cannabis indoors and how you can maximize the potential of your indoor grow. So let's break into it. First and foremost, you need to be prepared. That means in all aspects. If you don't know what you actually need, or if you're not sure if you have all the necessary supplies, we have a podcast episode going over what supplies you novices should purchase. Make sure you're prepared for the exact strain you'll be running. Sativas tend to grow much taller than indicas, so keep that in mind. Now next, like in the previous segment, I can't stress the importance of genetics. Seriously, it's best when you're growing for ailments or your personal needs to know what you're growing and get consistent feelings each and every time with the strains you grow. This is why I highly recommend Homegrown Cannabis Co. Seeds and it's always why I urge you listeners to check them out. Head to www.homegrowncannabisco.com and you can check out a selection of over 400 premium cannabis seeds. Now, the next big tip we can give you cultivators for maximizing your yields would be to watch your nutrients. What do we mean? You first have to decide whether you'll be growing organic, veganic, synthetic, synthetic, or solvent-based. Now, I personally recommend organic over everything. As a grower myself, I have used veganic and organic formulas as well as parsynthetic, and I found there's a lot more richness and flavor profiles all around more body and mind effects, and smoothness of the smoke tends to be the absolute best with organic formulas. Not to say veganics isn't good, however, in nature, ammonia byproducts, blood meals, and bone meals are essential key ingredients to many sources of soluble potassium, phosphorus, and nitrogen that have terpene profiles that create the unique flavors to each plant. Now us over at Homegrown Cannabis Co, we recommend organic or veganic growing over the counterparts. With growing in parsynthetic, synthetic, or solvent-based blends, you have to properly dose the correct amounts you're putting in as they're chemicals within your plant. Along with that, even with the flushing process, science has proven that any bud that has been developed with nutrients, whether organic or not, cannot be flushed of the excess nutrients. So we don't recommend growing with any chemical base as organic and veganic are always the most healthiest for you and your plants. Now along with choosing the formulas, you'll want to remember that overfeeding can stunt your plant. So giving too much is a serious issue for many organic growers. So keep in mind, any excess or overfeeding will absolutely stunt growth. Make sure to feed just the right amount and during early stages we always recommend giving one fourth the dosage recommended and building your girls up to the full dosage. Another massive tip that many new growers don't take into consideration would be pH ranges. pH ranges are extremely vital to growing cannabis and can make or break your final yields, especially in soilless, hydroponic, or aeroponic setups. Being out of pH range will lock your girls out of accessing proper macro or micronutrients that are essential to development. Deficiencies will begin to appear and your girls will start to slow down in growth and development, so be sure to have a proper pH meter and check your pH levels constantly. I recommend 5.6 to 5.8 for seedlings, 5.9 to 6.1 for veg to flower, and 6.3 all the way to harvest. These pH numbers are for soil, soilless, hydroponic, or aeroponic grow mediums. I personally have found a fluctuating or shifting pH range through the grow allows your girls more access to specific elements they're seeking at those times. Rather than being in one 
pH range the entire grow. I've had much faster responses and heavier yields since I used the shifting pH range. Overwatering can be another serious mistake that causes many cultivators to lose out on yield potentials. I always let my plants tell me when they're thirsty since I grow in soil with organics, everything is slow release. This means once I feed, I have to wait up to five days, sometimes longer to see my girls access any nutrients. This is also generally when I offer water. I like to wait until my girls are completely droopy or look sad. This tells me there's not a single drop of moisture in the substrate. Since I rely on the microbial life excrement for nutrient uptake, I don't want to be watering constantly and flushing the soil. So instead, when my plants are sad, I know that they've drunk everything they possibly could and I need to rehydrate the soil. Once rehydrated, generally all the runoff gets reabsorbed into the soil as I've dialed in how much water to give based on the grow pot size. Now this allows the waste from the microbial life to not be flushed from the soil as well as it gives your girl the liquid to get back to the osmosis process in her root system, which this is how nutrients are absorbed. So overwatering can rid your soil of actual nutrients your plant is seeking as well as you can potentially drown your plant. Both of these factors will seriously impact yield. Drowning can lead to the death of your plant through root rot or lack of oxygen. Having an optimal grow environment with the proper temperature, conditions, humidity ranges, and airflow will be vital to whether or not you'll have quality yields. As we talked about in the first segment, you'll want a 70 to 75 degree temperature range with about 45 to 55% relative humidity, 60% being at the high end. You'll want a solid amount of airflow going in and out of your tent, meaning intake and outtake fans. I always like to have them on carbon filters so it's clean air intaking and exhausting. You'll also want to amend CO2 whether it's an exhale bag or some sort of slow release canister. CO2 is vital to the development and density of your bud structures. Do not go cheap on your light. Now there are budget friendly solid options but no quality item is ever cheap. The light in your grow is probably the most vital object in the entire grow besides your actual plant itself. Spending money on a quality light that gives off par numbers that you're seeking will absolutely make your yield hefty. We recommend listening to our podcast on which LEDs are best for you as most home growers are swapping over to LEDs as they're becoming more efficient and powerful than their counterparts such as HPS, Metal Halide, or CFL. So many growers always send me pictures asking if their bud is ready and I always have to tell them this. You should always have a magnifying lens or jeweler's loop on hand for checking trichomes. Trichomes will tell you when your plant is actually done. If you can't check trichomes and you could potentially harvest your crop a week early meaning you could lose some serious weight. Your trichomes go through several stages of color. Clear, almost glass-like, milky, full-on cloudy, almost white in tone, and then they begin to amber. For sativa, you want 5-10% to amber with the rest being mostly cloudy with some milky and clear trichomes. For indica, you'll want 10-25% to or more amber as the amber trichomes are what produce the couch lock feeling or body high. So purchase yourself a jeweler's loop or magnifying lens and don't harvest your crops too early ever again. Last tip I can give you wonderful growers is a little bit of a reality check. Watching YouTube does not make you an electrician. Do not mess with electrical components in your house to grow marijuana and do not overload any circuits, outlets, or breakers. Nothing gives us cultivators a bad name like burning down an apartment complex or townhome or rental house or even your own home because you wanted to be Bob the Builder and do it yourself. Well, Bob, we can't fix everything and fire can destroy more than just property. Lives can and have been lost to many house fires, so please do yourself, your family, your pets, and your loved ones and your neighbors the favor of hiring a professional for any electrical addition or needs for your grow area. Seriously, people, this year alone, I've helped five growers who have caused fires in their houses due to improper electrical hookups. Now, we hope you growers become successful cultivators and produce some hefty yields with all these new tips. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow along on whichever platform you lovely listeners are listening from. Check out our amazing community we've created at www.homegrowncannabisco.community where you can access dozens of threads and helpful information on growing cannabis, as well as chat with countless growers who are there to help along with our friendly crew of moderators. I am one of the moderators myself, so be sure to tag at chronic, that's K-R-O-N-I-C, and have a chat with me or share your grow. Check out at Homegrown World on Instagram and head to www.homegrowncannabisco.com to purchase premium cannabis seeds. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis 
Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube. Happy growing, stay lifted, and peace.